This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. So it's the Chinese New Year today. It's another excuse to start or restart your New Year's financial resolutions. We want to help you get your finances in shape for 2019. And we're always looking for your personal finance questions. So give us a call this morning if you have one. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, 672 7464 or send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Morning. I see you're back in the saddle here. Yes, uh, had uh, it was odd. Last week was out, and it seems like every day I had another cold symptom. You know, one day it was a sore throat, then it was Ugh. achy body, then it was kind of chills, then it was a sort of feverish. Well, hopefully it was not flu. Uh, if it was, I did take the flu shot, so it was mild flu. So, um, you know, we're, we get a free flu shot here through our, I guess, our medical plan, health plan, whatever. But I... One year I thought I had flu, and I, it was awful, and so I take advantage of the free flu shot every year because, you know, a little stick there might, might hurt for a little while, but uh, certainly better than suffering with the flu because it's just awful when you're you know in bed, can't move. just ugh. So it was one of the worst weekends of, of my life. So uh, I'm always there for first in line for the flu shot. So uh, what about uh, some financial news in the news? Well, we got a new jobs number. We always get this number the first uh, Friday of every month. And the number was good. But just a couple of days before, I was reading an article cautioning that this report is not really too reliable because one of the main reasons is the agency that produces the report was on furlough most of the month. Um, plus, so they're just kind of you know making it up. Yeah, as they go let's along. just make it up. What number um, sounds good? Uh, but we also had this strange thing of government workers not being on the job. Uh, were they taking up other part-time jobs? We're not sure what it's going to be. One thing that really jumped out is, um, and, and typically you have revisions because there's a deadline for when they have to produce that data. And so you always have to, revisions going back previous months. Well, they revised December's number down 100,000 jobs. Mm. And that was a big deal. So, okay, it looks good, but I want to see next month's. Uh, anything else, Ryder? So, I mean, you, you know, government shutdown notwithstanding, I was just checking the market, and it's up, I want to say, something like 15% since the uh, the nightmare before Christmas uh, that we had. Uh, it's Which just, tells you you just need to sit tight when those things happen. Exactly. I mean, it, it just, you look at you look at a chart, and it's just, it's just a V, straight V. Also, I would uh, just a quick suggestion. Uh, last month, I had a, a check uh, that um, it was made out to my mother, me and my mother, who lives in upstate New York. And so uh, I originally called the bank and asked them if both signatures needed to endorse the check for me to cash it. Uh, and they said, yes. Well, I've developed a relationship with a banker at one of the branches where I bank. And so I called him and he kind of finagled it and said, as long as the check did not say to me and my 
my mother, which it did not, he said that the one signature would suffice. So it, it you know, avoided me having to endorse the check, or probably I wasn't going to, but send it to my mother, have her endorse it, have me come back, endorse it, and, and go on from there. Yeah, so, those can be tricky. So I would say if there, you have a chance to sort of develop a relationship with, uh, uh, you know, the branch manager at, at your bank, uh, that uh, it's a good thing to do because you never know when you might need a little extra help. Okay. Yeah, it is important always to have, you know, an expert that you can uh, consult for those just kind of weird situation. Very good. Hey, we've got a caller on the line early on. So let's uh, say good morning to Christine from Natchez. Thanks for joining us. You're on the air with us. So go ahead. Yeah, I just recently um, inherited some money enough to pay off my home mortgage. Um, and I just wanted to know if that was a smart move or should I go ahead and just put that money back? Um, well, let me ask the first question is, uh, what is the interest rate on your mortgage? It's very minimal, 2 and 7 eight. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Did you give up that? That's like free money. <laughs> um, are you still, uh, have you done your taxes already for this year? Do you know if you're still going to be getting a deduction on that mortgage? Um, it, I will, but it, it's small. It's, I mean, it's, it's what three, four thousand dollars a year in interest. It's not a lot. Yeah, but it's still that that does help. And when you add in the fact that that it's a very low rate on the front end, it, you're probably better off investing that money because you can easily, even with CDs, right, Ryder? At you, this yeah. point, you can produce you can, that amount or more. Yeah, that's that's such a low interest rate. I mean, you, usually it's something like, you know, oh well. You know, it would would it be better off investing for your retirement or something? And we kind of have to say, oh well, you know, this is the stock market return, but of course, there's a lot of risk there. Your interest rate is so low, you can go to a bank and get a higher interest rate, um, and you can invest that and use the proceeds from that investment to make your mortgage payment every month. And still have a little money left over. And, and the big thing I always say to folks when you're talking about whether to pay off a house or not, and I know we have that sense of, oh, my gosh, I always want to have a roof over my head. But um, a house is, is not liquid. And uh, whereas investments, cash, CDs, they're pretty liquid. You can easily get right. your hands on it. And to to liquidate the house means you have to sell the house. You can't just break off a right. brick and go yeah. to the grocery store. So in terms of kind of priorities of what to do with a lump sum or, you know, even even if it's a small lump sum or a bonus or a raise or something like that is, you know, first things first, make sure you've paid off your high interest debt. You know, if you have some credit card debt outstanding, go ahead and knock that out with this uh, with this inheritance, um, make sure you have, and kind of alongside that, make sure you have some emergency savings. Um, a lot of people, there's a million different ways to look at it, but generally think, you know, a couple months of expenses plus, you know, money that could cover you in an emergency, like, you know, uh, your, your out of pocket medical expenses. What are those for you? What are your other insurance deductibles? You know, make sure you have enough cash set aside for that. Um, and then look at your other savings goals. Your retirement goals, uh, if you have any large purchases coming up, uh, anything else, other financial goals, you know, paying down your mortgage again, especially with such a low rate, that's not a high priority. And you can really, you know, if you pay down, we're looking at a case recently where uh, someone used inheritance to pay off or to pay down a mortgage. They didn't pay off the mortgage. You know, it was a, it was a large amount of money they received and they paid down their mortgage. And 
and they the still had a mortgage. Day, they still had a mortgage, yeah. and their life hadn't changed in any other way. They weren't in regards to anything else. They weren't any closer to any other goals that they had. Um, their lives didn't change. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, it did change a little bit in that you know they had a little less debt. They could you know maybe they'd start saving more for retirement you know later. But it's more important on your savings goals to be doing those now because time is on your side. Right. What What are my expectations as far as you know interest? Um bearing accounts. Like, what can I expect? Well, that depends um, on, on what you invest in. So if you're going to go for CDs, we're starting to see, you know, depending on how far out you go, you could get in the 3% range. Um, if you're going to go with bonds and bond funds, you might be in the 4 to 5% range. If you're going to invest in stocks, um, you're going to get a higher return. That's the, the highest return offered out there over a period of time, but it's riskier. So um, you may need to sit down with a financial advisor and as Ryder mentioned, just think about what are your overall goals and how this money can fit into that to help you get there a little faster. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Good luck. Christine, thanks for the call. Uh, You mentioned liquidity. It just reminded me of a funny series of ads I've been seeing recently for, I think it's an app that's one of those sell your stuff. And so uh, the family walks into the hotel and they're dragging a piano and they want to pay for their room with a piano. And the guy says, we don't accept pianos here. And they change it into money. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Let's take one more call before we go to the break. We say good morning to Bonnie and Flowood. Bonnie, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Thank you. My question is concerning reverse mortgages. I'm interested in getting one and um, to get the funds, my equity out of my home now to use the funds as I see fit. I do plan on leaving the home within five years. What's your opinion on that? Wow. Um, first, know that a reverse mortgage should be your option of last resort. If If you can't uh, manage any other way, that's where you would go, would be to a reverse mortgage. Typically, you don't use a reverse mortgage if you plan to make a change in your residence. Uh, you know, normally people do that so they can stay in the home, that they plan to stay there, and then their heirs will sort all of that through once they are gone. Um, do you have other ways, other investments or savings you could use? Oh, yes, I do. I was just didn't want to have to go through the sale process. It was my understanding of the reverse mortgage that you got your equity out of it now, and when you moved out, then they dealt with uh, well, funds. yeah, but but um, there's a limit on what you can get as far as your equity. Um, it, it is a loan. It's a type of a loan. So understand it's going to cost you. and The fees are pretty high. So if you really think you're going to move in five years anyway and sell the house and you don't need that extra money right now, you're better off just waiting and selling the house. Okay. Thank you. All right, Bonnie, thanks for your call. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we get back, we'll continue looking for your personal finance questions, and also we'll talk about financial New Year's resolutions. Give us a call if you have a question. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show. It's money at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking about financial New Year's resolutions this morning, as today is the Chinese New Year. Uh, we're also looking for your personal finance questions, so if you have one, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show as well, money at mpbonline.org. Before we go back to the phones, we do have an email email here and exciting i can answer this one because it says could you expound on the wash rule how it works you know when it should this? be considered well separate your colors from your whites <laughs> don't do colors without <laughs> water don't put no. in the, don't put bleach in the wrong okay, one sorry no. i'm so excited there so anyway uh the wash rule how it works when it should be considered and the benefits to an investor it was laundry weekend at my house too kevin <laughs> take it away right <laughs> okay so the wash rule is um, it's essentially if you have a stock which has declined in value from when you so, when you bought it, then you have a unrealized loss. And what you can do is you can realize that loss, and you can say, "Well, I lost money on this investment," and use that to offset some of your income. And how do you realize it? By selling it, just like that's how you realize a gain. If it goes up, you realize a gain by selling it. Um, so you can offset a little bit of your income, or you can offset kind of unlimited other gains. I think it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, tax people, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. They're very busy right now. Um, and and so the idea is that some people do tax loss selling. And I mean, this is something we do for our clients. And At the end of the year, at right? At the end of the year, we kind of look, you know, do we have losses that we can offset some of the gains we made? It's a very normal thing. But the wash rule is it's to kind of prevent people from taking advantage of that too much. It puts a waiting period. Once you sell and realize that loss, you have to wait 30 days before you purchase that stock or that fund or whatever that security is. Uh, You have to wait 30 days before you repurchase it. So it it prevents you from just like taking a loss, you know, on any day that there's a loss. And turning around and buying it right back. Right. Um, And that's the general idea behind it. The benefits to, I know they did ask what's the benefits to an investor. Really the benefit is you just the benefit is the tax loss selling and you just need to make sure that you do wait 31 days or that you're selling it as part of a broader change you know maybe you're selling you know maybe you have a large cap fund that you used to like and there's another one you want well sell your large cap fund at a loss and then purchase the new one as long as they're well, not and that's, that's the, the same or yeah. substantially similar you'll you'll be you'll be fine there you won't you won't violate yeah, that's, that rule that's the the loophole that you can <laughs> And buy something that you know maybe Pretty it's just similar. a replacement yeah. uh, as long as it's not the same thing so if mm-hmm. I sold my Apple stock and had a loss you could buy Microsoft yes. or Amazon or whatever you want and um, just one other thing about it that is almost escaping my mind here. Oh, so what, what What the rule says is if you do that, if you purchase it back within that 30 days, um, you are not allowed to take the loss that year. And that loss that you would have taken is added back to your cost basis, which essentially just means you you get that old cost basis back. So you, you, you kind of just get to carry it on and do it later. You just have to do it correctly later to actually get the benefit. So if you're going to play this game, um, you can sell it and mark your calendar. We always will say mark on the 30, 31st day yeah. uh, or later. 
This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Let's go to the phone lines. We start in Memphis. Armand's on the line with us. Go ahead. Hey, um, yes, I had a question sort of about uh, portfolio managers and accountants and, like, who can do what. Um, so, you know, I've always uh, I've always kind of proud of myself. Like, I, I did all the right things when I was young. Uh, I've saved a lot of money, uh, you know, 50, 60 percent, maybe more of my income, invested it, uh, and it turned out I picked the right kinds of stocks, and it grew almost six six, seven times. Wow. So, not, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Understand why you need help. You're doing yes, great. I mean, you're like, doing great. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, now that I have this pool of uh, investment uh, portfolio, uh, I have people sort of approaching me saying, hey, you know, you're taking too much risk because, uh, you know, I do have uh, individual stocks. Um, and uh, they're saying, you know, hey, you know, come come join with us. We'll, we'll take care of you. And they use buzzwords like tax law, harvesting, and things like that. And, you know, on the other hand, I also think like, hey, I do need to uh, kind of push the brakes a little and maybe do more mutual funds rather than stocks. And I was wondering, like, who should, who is able to help me with that? Is that an accountant or? Um, well, you, no, you needed a financial advisor. Um, someone who can help you with your investments and offer you advice. Now, what you need to think about is, you know, do you want somebody just to look over what you're doing and you pay them by the hour to give you some guidance and you go your way because you've been managing your own for a while? Or do you want somebody that you say, okay, here's my pot of money. Now you take it and tell me what the plan is and I will hold you accountable. Which do you want? I see. I see. Okay. So, I mean, I'm always uh, very, very, when, you know, when people come approach me rather than me approaching them, uh, especially when there's this kind of money, I know fees and, and mm. all that are all on the line. So, um, okay. Well, and, and be careful about, um, you know, ask anyone that you talk to, how do they make their money? You want to understand if they are commission-based fee-based or fee-only. We are fee-only. And so you want it to be very clear up front how you're compensating that person. And anyone that you deal with, you can ask for referrals. You can ask, uh, you can actually look up through the FINRA system to see what their qualifications are. You can ask for a copy of what's called their ADV, which explains um, how they do business, what their educational background is, any other issues that might pop up there. So check them out. Okay. That helps a lot. And and I would say just one thing, kind of for for folks listening, because there there are a lot of people out there who are kind of DIY investors and, you know, they've picked a couple stocks and they've done super well. And, you know, one thing, you know, even if you don't want someone else to manage your funds, um, if if you're not uh, semi-professional or really, you know, learning about it, you might just want someone else to help you understand what are your risks. Um, and I will caution people, we're, you know, we're in still in a 10-year bull market run. I mean, a lot of people have picked random stocks and done phenomenally well. And so just having someone to kind of help you say, you know, okay, so you've done a good job with these. Here are the risks that you still face. You know, maybe maybe it's just that you're concentrated in only a few uh, only a few companies, maybe all those companies are in the same sector, and maybe they can just help you 
give you some guidance on uh, other ways to manage it as a portfolio because you know over you know you can pick great stocks and I mean they might go up forever and that's really awesome and it sounds like Armand's <laughs> done that um, but you know if you don't really understand what is actually going on in your portfolio it, it's valuable to um, kind of seek some extra consulting there all right Armand thanks for your call let's stay on the phone lines off to past Christian we go Martha has called in today. Good morning, Martha. You're on the air with us. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, The lady that called earlier that had the 2.78 interest, uh, I bet you she has an SBA disaster recovery loan uh, because that was the interest rate for it, unless you had really good FICO score, because we got one and ours is 2.28. And I got to tell you, you can't get money cheaper than you could get through SBA disaster recovery. You're right. But uh, but I will say to you ever pay it back is if we have another disaster like Katrina, you've already qualified for a loan. So let's say you've you've already paid back hundred and fifty, you can go and reactivate it. It's a very unique aspect of disaster recovery. Oh, that is really nice to have. Now I will say really, it makes me want to buy a house in a disaster zone. Not want to pay it off, but, because if you need money again from another disaster, you should be able to roll it over and get money again. Well, that is a huge advantage. I will I say to you, wait, wait, wait. I, I just want to say to you that this, what she has, is not um, necessarily. I think it's really hard. What I was going to say to you is that she, it, what she has is not necessarily what you are describing. Now, having that disaster relief loan that you can re-up on that is very valuable, but we have seen loans with interest rates that low mm-hmm. that were traditional loans over the last several years. Mm-hmm. All right, Martha, thanks for the call and the input this morning. We're looking for your personal finance questions on Money Talks at one mpb ring It's one 672 You can email us as well, money at mpbonline.org. Before the next break, we have another email here. Uh, it says, uh, I need some advice as to what to do with an inheritance. My dear grandmother passed away last year. She was a saver, and I'll receive about $115,000. But what to do with it? Should I save? or invest, pay off my car and some of my house, or something else entirely. I want to honor her gift and make the best possible use of it. In my early 30s, not married, have no children. My boyfriend and I share living expenses, but plan to get married and hopefully have children in the next few years. Uh, she's got some facts about her financial situation here. $55,000 salary, investing $150 per month in deferred comp, uh, has a house that has $109,000 left on it. Eight- oh, that's a lot of stuff. Let me stop. Okay. okay, because this is someone who probably needs to to hire someone to sit down and uh, with her on an hourly basis and look at a plan because this is a great gift. And as Ryder mentioned earlier, having this nice inheritance, this lump sum, you need to just go back and look at, well, what are my goals? Um, do they have emergency savings? Is there credit card debt they need to address? Um, all of those things. Uh, at the very least, this is someone who needs to increase what she's putting aside for retirement. Um, maybe carve out a piece of it for an emergency fund. Maybe Maybe carving out a piece for home purchase or a wedding in the future, but that's where um, paying somebody by the hour just to to look at your whole situation would help. So she said she said something that I I really love that she said it. 
it. Um, she said, I want to honor her gift and make the best possible use of it. And that's a really important thing. Um, you, you know, you can, I've, I've seen cases where people just do something with their lives that their mother or grandmother would have never approved of. Um, I always think of uh, some, uh, I won't say what relation to me they are, but, you know, after their mother died, they went and got tattoos honoring her, and she would have never approved of that. Um, but, but, I mean, you know, if you want to, do it. That's fine. I mean, it was their was way it of... mom? It, yeah, pretty much. It was their way of honoring her, and it was their way of remembering her. Um, but, but, of course... It is really important because we, we have such emotional connections to that person. We then have emotional connections to whatever they leave us with. And and if we, you know, say you spent it all and then two years later, you know, you don't necessarily say, I wish I had that money, but you might say, I, I hate I did that to grandmother's money. I hate the only thing of my grandmother I had left. I've gotten rid of. I wasted it. Um, and you don't want to do that. And, and you want to use that. Th- th- this amount, actually, this is an amount, like I was saying earlier, it could have a significant impact yeah, on, on her somebody, life. Yeah, for especially in their I 30s. Mean, this is, it's over twice her income. Um, it's more than she owes on her house. I mean, a few things I would say. One, don't make any rash decisions. There's a, a lot of talk about... And when you receive an inheritance, uh, it's just, you know, this is more for, you know, uh, widows and, you know, if it was your mother or something uh, where you're. It, it, you're much more intense emotional state about this. Just don't make any decisions about it for a little while. You're going to have a lot of people who are interested in doing something with that money for you. You know, uh, you, you mentioned your boyfriend and you share living expenses. I mean, there's a concern right there. You, you want to know how to, you know, if you want to keep your money separate or combine your finances with his in some way, you need to understand all of the implications of that and what you're doing. And that's just, and, and that's a lot. And I would highly, 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 highly recommend um, speaking with someone who can cover all of these issues. I mean, because this is big and comprehensive and we know we don't need to go. She I mean, she's just about sent us a spreadsheet of all of her expenses. <laughs> On the I, other hand, I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> this does bring up this other thing that we see happening a lot, and that's an emotional connection to securities. So dad always invested in this particular stock and by golly, it paid off for him and now I have, uh, you know, tons of shares of this stock. I can't let go of it because of my connection to dad. And that's, he, would, he would kill me if I sold this. Right. Well, you know what's going to kill you? You not having money because it all disappeared. So that that's not a wise thing to do as well. And so sometimes what we do when there's a, an emotional connection, we negotiate with clients. All right, let's keep a few hundred shares and let's take the rest of it and do something different with it. And especially if it's inherited, then... You don't have to worry about big gains, and you can go your way. But that's also, I guess, where a third party comes in because you're emotionally detached and you're just making yeah. decisions. Yeah. All right. So if if someone did want to go the uh, fee only advisor, can you Google fee only financial? You advisor? can. Um, you can also check with accountants in your area. They usually know people who um, work that way, yeah. and uh, check them out. 
uh, talk to other people who've used them and make sure you're getting somebody who is uh, reliable. Yeah. And, and I also suggest people talk to multiple advisors um, because you might sit down with somebody and boy, they're smart and they have all the right answers. But, you know, just maybe something doesn't sit quite well. You know, they don't handle everything right. You know, they aren't. Um, so you might want to just try someone else. And and there is a big difference between someone having all the right answers, um, because there are a ton of financial advisors who could look at this and give pretty much the same advice, uh, same very good advice that's you're not going to steer you wrong. Um, but understanding you, especially because, again, this is inheritance uh, and your particular living situation, uh, understanding that is going to be important. And some people, maybe they have a little more experience dealing with someone in your situation. Uh, maybe some people, uh, you know, have a tendency to do something else. So kind of get a feel for your different options. Again, you don't you don't have to make any decision about this now. Take your time. All right, time for another break. Uh, we've had some good calls this morning. Also looking for your call if you have a personal finance question for us. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Between your phone calls, we're talking about financial New Year's resolutions, as today is the Chinese New Year. We'll be back with more on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taft. And we've been answering uh, a number of different uh, personal finance questions for you this morning. If you have one, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring which is 877-672-7464. We've also had a couple of emails today. You can send it to money at mpbonline.org. Back to the phones we go. Wayne has called in from Bolton. Wayne, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Hello. I was calling about uh, individual stocks. I think I've got most of my retirement stuff uh, pretty good in order, but I was wanting to do some individual stocks and possibly go to some shareholder meetings and see what that was like. So I bought uh, one of a large Mississippi corporation, and I was trying to make sure before I drive all the way to this meeting next week, if I was going to be on the list, I could get in and take part in it. But um, I got a email back from the CFO saying that I may have bought my share through a, a quote-unquote street name <laughs> mm-hmm. brokerage or something like that, so I'm not listed mm-hmm. on there. So I, I, how does that work, and can you explain it to me so I figure uh, out how I'm, I'm going about this? 
Um, so I just want to start by saying this is actually kind of a fun thing to do, especially a, a, a smaller company, a more local company. I have been to a couple of shareholder meetings. Um, one is the first time I had fried pimento cheese balls. Um, they were delicious. Uh, that is That was a bank in North Mississippi. Um, also, uh, the Sanderson Farms, you are guaranteed to have fried chicken at that one, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I wonder if the, uh, I wonder if Cal Maine does it over brunch or anything like that. Um, but with this, so there's a couple issues with these. First, if you buy it and planning to attend the annual meeting, you do need to have the shares uh, bought at a certain time. I mean, you can't just like buy the day of and stroll on in. Um, it, buying in street name means that typically means you've bought it at a broker. You know, you opened up a Charles Schwab or a TD Ameritrade account, something like that, and purchased it. And so TD Ameritrade doesn't, or Schwab or your brokerage doesn't necessarily pass your name along. To the company, well, it's actually passing on to the transfer agent, but you know details. Um, and so that's why they call that street name. You know, while yes, you are the holder of the stock, kind of technically legally, um, they, the company just doesn't have a list with your name on. It. If you purchase it directly from the transfer agent, the transfer agent who is the kind of keeper of all these records. They do have your name, and they would send that to you directly. Um, how to get you can you can always call the investor relations department. I've found investor relations departments yeah, of companies to be very I, helpful. I, I here. would think if you just just take a copy of your statement, you could probably they're, they're going to let you in. Um, and when you open an account, you do check a box about whether you want to receive uh, the and vote on proxy statements, mm -hmm. which is activities of the board mm -hmm. and of the shareholder group, and that means you would have received something in the mail mm -hmm. about the shareholder meeting, they're not going to turn you away. And, and often there's, if you do receive that, I mean, because if you own individual stocks, you have seen these statements, you've gotten emails about them, you've seen them, uh, you can often check a box on there that says, I plan to attend the meeting in person. Um, you know, the company can set their kind of own rules about, you know, how many people can fit in the venue and when they're going to shut the door. Uh, but if, if you're concerned about not getting in, um, just look up their investor relations phone number, give them a call, and just say you're coming and make sure it's cool with them. And, and unless you're like a Berkshire Hathaway, you're probably not going to have uh, a lot of people stampeding the door, you know. And, yeah. it, and as Ryder said, it's it's really fun and educational to go, yeah. and you get to meet the people who are running this company and hear them explain what's happening. And you also get to meet other people who have been uh, holding the stock. And a lot of folks that go are, are folk either um, larger investors or people who have held it for a long time. I mean, that you know, you don't often get people who are just like, oh, I'm going to hold this stock for six months, but go to all the meetings. Um, the one that Nancy mentioned is one of them that I actually bought the last, last one she mentioned. Oh, then, well, you, you do <laughs> need to go to one of those. You need to make that trek because that is really <laughs> fun. Yeah, I, that's that's exactly. Yeah, people buy that buy Berkshire for the meeting. I mean, it's a it's what the, they call it, the Woodstock of capitalism. I yeah. believe. Yeah. So uh, it, it is very interesting. It's very eye opening because you learn how these companies actually work and that they're real companies with real questions and issues and things going on. And I mean, you, you get it in a totally different way than you could you could ever get reading the news. 
So, Wayne, if, uh, if you end up going and you would, uh, give us a call back. Let us know what the experience was like. We'd certainly like to hear from and you And what you got to eat. <laughs> thanks. All right, Wayne, thanks for the call. We've got some open phone lines on Money Talks. If you have a personal finance question that you need answered, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So we can finally dig into one of our uh, financial New Year's resolutions. Uh, resolution number one says create a budget for life. Uh, and so uh, the idea is we talked about this before. A budget doesn't have to be some sort of fancy thing. If you're just starting out, it could be something as simple kind of as a spreadsheet uh, that you do on your computer. Um, also, though, the idea of pay yourself first is another term that we use on this show a lot. Uh, Nancy, remind everybody of what that concept is, pay yourself first. Well, that just means saving. And whether that's saving in just a savings account, which is your emergency fund, everybody needs one of those, or you're saving for a goal like retirement or education, um, you're just saving. And when you create a budget, you want to make sure that you're living well within your means. I usually tell people only spend about 80% of what you're uh, bringing home, and then the remaining 20%, that's so you can save for yourself, and also you can give some away. Uh, also on the list is the idea of, as Nancy mentioned, preparing for emergencies. And again, that's something we've talked about a lot here on the show is to have an emergency fund. Uh, but also maybe uh, look ahead a year or two and project the cost of any essential big ticket items you might need. Say you're in the market for a new car, something like that. Uh, if you kind of plan ahead, maybe you could have a nice down payment saved up by the time you need a new car. Well, typical um, big items would be a car. Uh, you're looking to purchase a new house or change houses in the next few years. A college education. A college education. Those are big things that you need to really prep for. Uh, this one says, calculate your personal net worth annually. Is that something you yeah. would recommend the average well, Joe to do? Yeah. Um, one thing that's useful there in... Um, it's is to use it to kind of monitor things. You know, if your net worth is, you know, you kind of expect it to go up as you live and earn money and save and those accounts grow, you would expect it to grow up. But one thing to look at is, you know, if you add everything up and it's gone down. You know, why is that? Um, and that's more important if you have a lot of different things. You've got a house. Don't put your car in your net worth. Um, multiple brokerage statements, a 401k, a weird retirement plan over at some other company, multiple bank accounts, and it's all kind of disparate and you move money in between it, which some people, they've got these weird systems and they do that and it works great for them. And if you're doing that, Looking at that net worth is just a good one number way to track your progress. It's like, if it went up, I'm doing good. If it went down, I need to dig into the details. Well, and the folks who really pay attention to that are the bankers. And so if you are a small business owner, you do monitor that and you report on it on a regular basis because how much they lend you is tied to that. Okay, time for one final break this hour. When we get back, we will continue looking for your personal finance questions and also maybe dig into another financial New Year's resolution. To call the show, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more of the show after this.
You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff. A reminder that if you ever miss part of a show or want to go back and listen to a previous show to uh, refresh yourself on something you heard on Money Talks, you can go to mpbonline.org slash money talks uh, to listen again. Also, we always like to remind you of the MPB public media app. If you get that for your smartphone, it's free. Uh, you can listen to all of the uh, MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. So we've been looking for personal financial questions and also taking uh, talking about a couple of financial New Year's resolutions. First, uh, we talked about creating a budget for life. Resolution number two is to manage your debt. It says that uh, debt's neither inherently good or bad. It's a tool, but uh, problems arise when it overwhelms you. So, um, obviously, the recommendation we make uh, that's uh, more difficult for some people to take than others, but is, especially with credit cards, don't... Don't uh, don't ever charge more than you can pay off. And in the month. you mm-hmm. just told me before the show started that you cleared yours out. Yes, so I'm at zero. So that's I've, a wonderful thing. Thank you. I've been up and down though, so I'm determined. I mean, how many times do you have to get smacked in the head before you finally realize? Well, it? and and give yourself some slack because sometimes stuff happens and you have no choice. But if you do have something that carries over on your credit card, make a plan to clear it out within you know two or three months. Well, and see, my problem was. Um, that I would use the card, and for sometimes it would be for what were somewhat legitimate purposes, and then sometimes it would be for total, okay, total so, fluff. Uh, what is your definition of leg- sometimes legitimate and we fluff? We said total fluff, so we saw him on his cat here. <laughs> well, like tires for my car. Yeah, to- that's important. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was I was looking at my credit card bill the other day, and I was like, wow, I spent a lot of money last month. Oh, yes, it's because when I went to get my oil change, my tires were almost non-existent and I had to get that Yeah, that's done. a big one. But video game. You know. Yeah. And then my other problem was I would keep it in my wallet does and it, then does it spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> and I would I would it, it, I, I would use it and and so my other thing is I've learned keep it in the drawer out of the way. Then and I'll say this too. My other problem was okay, well I've made the tires for this month. Okay, I'm not going to put anything on there. Well, tomorrow you conveniently forget about the tires being on there and you think, "Well, here's my one purchase for the month. I'm going to pay this off." Did you get a receipt for the tires? Uh yes. Um why don't you Tack it to a board right in front of your face in your office. Well, something similar. Or, I do have a I was going to say, do you shave? But I don't think you do based <laughs> on what I'm looking at right now. You could put it on the mirror. But, you know, that's actually a good thing because you're right. That was my main problem was out of sight, out of mind. And I've even now done a thing where I used to kind of wait till the end of the month to do my checkbook register, you know, with all these receipts. And now the other thing is I'm trying to keep up with it so that you have a better idea of how much money you have left throughout the month as opposed yeah. to that sort of thing. But that actually is a very good idea is to keep it forefront, you know, do something so that you don't forget about it, because that's really a lot of times. Because it can. I mean, I've had that that same um, thing hit me where you get the statement, you go, oh, my gosh, how did I do that much damage? And it must be wrong, right? Right. And then you go through every item. I even make some phone calls. Oh, that was not me. And and then I go, oh, so sorry. That was me. Um, It it adds up in a hurry. And, And one thing that works really well with that 
for some folks, and this works really well for me, and we've talked about this before, is just kind of awareness. And so I have, you know, set up alerts. So every time I spend something, I get a notification. So, you know, not only do I swipe my card at the grocery store or whatever, then when I get home, I look at my phone, and it's like, okay, I spent that much. Um, and I can also do, you know, and you can you can weigh overboard on notifications. I get one that says what my balance is every day. And so I'm just like, ooh, some days. Well, I'm getting um, alerts on mine and uh, this is the start of a new year, right? And what I'm starting to try to address year of the pig is um, how my uh, accounts are being gobbled up by tiny little charges, you know, like do I really need that subscription service? When was the last time I watched that? When was the last time I used that? Um, Gym membership is, is the perfect one. A lot of people sign up for that and it goes on for years and you never go. Mm-hmm. So this is a good time to look at everything that you're spending money on on a regular monthly basis that just automatically happens, whether it hits your bank account or your credit card, and ask the question, does it spark joy? Does am it, I, am I getting some joy? value out of this? And if not, get rid of it. Well, and I did the same thing, too, and I cut back. Uh, I had this th- one of those loot crate kind of things where they send you a box of stuff every two months or whatever. And I'd been there for a while, and I realized I was getting a lot of the same sort of stuff. And then plus I realized, like, well, this has been fun, but it certainly is not necessary. So I got rid of that. And then uh, I have basically what is Netflix for video games, and I cut back from on that. So, And you, first of all, you think, well, what little does that make? But then when you add up those little it things, it up. helps out a lot. And especially when that can be going into your retirement. All right. Got another call to get to. Uh, Susie is on the line from Mobile. Good morning, Susie. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to ask what you would what you would recommend for someone who's retired with, with our money. <laughs> okay. Uh, and And... First, understand that when you retire, you don't take all your money out at once. And whatever you've accumulated to cover for retirement, that is lifetime money. And so some people um, get confused about that and they think, oh, I need to be totally away from any kind of risky slash stock investment. But you probably still need to include some stock investment in that portfolio Mm -hmm. to get some reasonable growth on your account because you want it to last your whole lifetime. Yeah, and that might be a lot longer lifetime than people were, uh, you know, anticipating before. Um, you know, someone who's, yeah, I don't have in front of my table, but someone who's 65 years old today might be expected to live another 25 to 30 years. Uh, someone who's 75 might have another 20 years in them. Um, so that that money is, is still long. There's still some long-term money in there. So that's where you probably need to just have a plan. You don't want it all to be at risk. Um, and you have to look at how much income am I generating from those investments right now? Plus Social Security, any pensions, things exactly. like that. Exactly. And how does that all fit together? And how do I make sure I can still get that amount every month and it won't run out or I won't get caught in a down market? And that's all about putting together an investment portfolio that includes, you know, cash, bonds, real estate, stocks, all of those things to meet your goals. And and I would also say it's important to think about, you know, what do you want your retirement to look like? Uh, Do you plan on moving into uh, retirement community uh, soon? So you need to plan for that. And that's kind of going to be it. Or, you know, do you want to do you want to travel as much as you can? 
do you want to do all these fun things, uh, you know, before you're, you know, too old and tired of those to, to do it? Uh, do you want to lavish money on grandkids? Um, and so think about what you want, what, what it looks like to you. Um, and then, you know, again, look at what you have, look at what you're spending, look at what that life is going to cost and, and work with, work with a third party who's going to give you some, you know, kind of unbiased information again. You know, not someone who's just, um, you know, we talked about, you know, the fee only versus commission uh, based folks. Uh, you can get great advice from either one, but just understand if someone is uh, gets a commission from a product, they might have a kind of predilection to to push you that direction. Uh, so just understand what their motivation is there. All right, uh, Susie, thanks for the call. Thanks to everybody who called in this morning. Had a lot of interesting calls, a variety of calls. We always like to hear from you every Tuesday morning if you have a personal finance question. Uh, even if we've got another topic going on, don't ever feel like uh, it's not uh, uh, germane to uh, call in because that's what we're here for, uh, trying to answer your personal finance questions. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it by going to MPB mpbonline.org slash money talks. Today's show was produced by Liz Gill and our call screener was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotterjansen and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next to 10. It's in legal terms, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.